0: Good morning, Solace Church. Thank you so much for being here today. If you're a guest visiting with us, you came on, to me, in my opinion, the best Sunday of the year. This is the week that we get a chance to really make a significant difference, uh, not only here in Berry Hill and Sand Springs, but all over Tulsa and literally around the world. And as you as you just had a chance to see... Uh, on the video. We've been doing this now. This is this is going to be our sixth time to do this, and you've seen the progression. I'll tell you a little bit more about that as we go forward today. But if you're brand new today, or if you're new to Solace Church in 2015, you've never had the opportunity to experience Give With Us. I cannot tell you how excited I am to see you here and to, and to uh, give you this opportunity today to partner with us. We thank uh, those watching online today at solacechurch.com uh, for being a part of our online community. Uh, wherever you are in the world, I'm going to give give you a chance as well. Watching online, I'm going to give you a chance to, uh, to partner with us today. So stay tuned. Don't feel like because you're not here that you can't be with us uh, in what we're doing on Give Sunday. So this is really, really, really cool. Now, <clears throat> uh, I, I'm going to do something this morning that uh, is, is totally backwards from what I learned in college. I'm going to give you the application of the message before I give you the message and if I were to do that in college, I literally would have flunked the class, okay? No no professor, teacher of, of of communication would ever tell you to deliver the application before you ever get to the, you know, the scripture. It's always, you know, preach the scripture, give it illustration, and apply it. That's the whole... Mo- well, I'm not doing that today, all right? So, I don't know if this is going to be awkward, but I'm going to give you all the application up front, and then we're going to talk about why we're doing it after. Is that, is that okay if I just totally messed that up today? No grades out there. Okay, good. No professors? All right, good. So, um, at the. Unashamedly today, I tell you that we're going to be taking an offering in just a minute. And we're going to do it a little bit earlier than we normally do it, so just be prepared. And we're, we're going to receive tithes and offerings, and whatever we receive today, we're giving away. All of it. And we've been doing this year after year now on this Sunday. Now, I don't know if you know for sure about the ways in which you can give at Solace Church. But if you've never ever kind of been familiar with the avenues that you can actually make a contribution, financial contribution, I want to give those to you today just so that we're all on the same page. Number one, you can give cash. And uh, the millennials in the room, you're laughing like, what's cash? I don't carry cash with me. What do you mean, cash? Right? So I know that like 50 plus, you guys still carry cash with you. But a lot of people don't carry cash anymore. But if you do, it is a way that you can give. You can just drop it in the offering buckets as they pass by. Cash is an appropriate way to give. Uh, this is, I'm really going to blow some, you know, some students' minds here. We actually, can you can give by check. Um, there, it's really weird there's this little folding you, just got, you get these in the mail and you, know, you can write on it and it actually works the same way so if you've never seen that done student you can just go sit by your mom or dad and they can show you how to write one of those dudes out so cool uh, you can go back you know like a couple of generations anyway so that's really cool you can get by check as well there's a third way that you can give, uh, and it's in here we go, so my younger 20-somethings or whatever, you, you, you can come on board now, because this was weird, now it gets kind of to your generation, right? So bill pay is the way to do that. Uh, this is the way Jennifer and I choose to give. Uh, we are banking at Bank of Oklahoma, and we just go on on, our, on the website to 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 beok.com, and there's a bill pay system. Basically, you just say that, you know... The, You just fill in a couple of blanks. Who do you want to give it to? How much do you want to give it? How often do you want to give it? Andy Stanley says this. It's a great point. Andy Stanley, pastor of North North Point in Georgia, one of the largest churches in America. I love his phrase. You automate what's important. And that's true in all of our lives. I mean, many of you right now, you automate so many of your bills already. Your mortgage or utilities or car payment or whatever else it is. And I think Andy's on to something really brilliant here. Now, I want to tell you just quickly about the first three because the first three here are completely free in terms of no fees attached to these ways of giving. So if you give cash or write a check or do bill pay, the Solace Church doesn't accumulate or have to expense uh, PayPal fees or other credit card fees if you, if you choose to use these three. So that's the re- one of the reasons why we choose to do it. However... I recognize you know, this is you know, 2015, and most people carry credit cards or debit cards and not cash or checks. So we fully recognize that that's a part of you know, the cost of doing business, and so we've provided these ways as well. Um, we also have the opportunity to give online at our website. And this is where those of you watching online today at solacechurch.com really need to tune in as well because you can't really do the first ones that I listed, but you can do this one today. You can always go online to our website and just click the Give button. It'll take you through the steps of being able to make a contribution, even today if you want to do that. But church, listen, if you want to go on our website, you can set up Uh, a a reoccurring expense through PayPal, and uh, uh, just like Bill Pay works, PayPal does as well, and you can pay every month if you'd like to do that. All right, so here's my prayer. As you consider giving today, here's my prayer. My prayer would not be that you give one time and you're done, but rather that you would make this a regular part of your giving uh, habit, of your expenses uh, uh, in your bank account. It's been critical, huge for me. Now, um, I'm not going to go into all the details about why we should be doing that uh, in terms of, of a long-term philosophy. I'm going to talk to you about why we're doing it today. Today, I want us to talk about why we're going to put into practice this application, why we're going to put that into practice. And so there was, your, there was your application. Now let's preach the rest of the message and why you're, why you're here and why it matters. Um, this last week, I was sitting in my office and I was thinking about uh, what God would have me to share this morning. And I don't know if anyone in the room has ever done that exercise before, but if you've ever had to speak before people about some spiritual something, you know the importance of just hearing from God. Because if you come up with it, come up with it, it just kind of falls off the stage. But if God originates it, it has life to it. I don't know why that's the case, except that, you know, he's God and I'm not. But other than that, right, I mean, it's, it's, it's this really incredible responsibility. And so I was praying about this. And I was thinking about the traditional passage of Scripture, right? So we're blessed to give than receive, and, you know, uh, God loves a cheerful giver, and all those wonderful passages. And they just didn't resonate for some reason, and I began to think, all right, God, I mean, what is it that I need to share? And so, as I was sitting there contemplating this, a phrase came in my mind. Um, Now, I'm not sure it's from Jesus, okay? I can't guarantee you it's from Jesus, and you'll see why in a moment, okay? But I think it was, Okay? So uh, this is kind of the phrase that popped into my head as I was thinking about this, this message this week. And, and here it is. Uh, it's hashtag go be Jesus. Okay, so the reason why I told you that it, I'm not sure it's from Jesus because I'm not sure Jesus uses hashtags. I don't know. I don't see them anywhere in scripture. And so I don't know for sure if he uses those. But, but, but I think it was from Jesus. All right. So, But this phrase popped into my head. And the reason why it was so powerful for me is because every year we've talked about the reasons we give and how to be generous and all those kinds of things which are important. But this phrase really stuck out in my mind because I think this phrase speaks to the heart of give. All right, it's two imperative statements. Go and be. And then Jesus. I told this to my staff and they're like, go be Jesus. I never heard of that kind of Jesus. Not go be Jesus. All right? Go and then be Jesus. i want to show you in Scripture that this is exactly what God calls the Christ follower to. I'll show you that in just a moment in 1 John. But before we do that, I'm going to take a career risk by doing something I've never done on the stage before. And you guys know this as well. So f- uh, full confession, I, I am, I'm a huge Facebook user and I've not yet come on <laughs> the bandwagon of Twitter and you'd be like, not yet? What do you mean? Like, it was a decade ago. What's the problem, right? Well, I, you know my issues, but I, I, Twitter's really cool because Twitter is like the land of hashtags. And I know you can do that on Facebook, but one of the things Twitter tracks is like they they, tr- they track trends. Like, what are people talking about? And so here's what I thought we would try to do. And this may be a total failure, and I'm okay with that. So what I did is I went on my Twitter account. I'm at SolacePastor, and uh, you're welcome to... Um, to follow me there, and I'll be glad to follow you because you know that's that's how that works usually. So, um, <clears throat> but I went on my fa- my uh, my Twitter account and I uh, I just liked my own tweet. That's hilarious. Uh, <clears throat> total accident, hit the wrong button. But I, I went on my Twitter and I wrote I wrote this phrase: "Go be Jesus." Hashtag: "Go be Jesus." And then I wrote "Give 2015," and then I then I did the at Solace Church because I want to include our 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 uh, Twitter account at Solace Church, and so. I thought it would be cool if you just got your phones out with me. Um, and and if, if you have a Twitter account, just do hashtag gobejesus. Uh, and then you can put give2015 and you can put at Solace Church if you'd like to do that as well. So let's, I don't know, maybe it'll trend, maybe it won't. But I think it would be really cool for us to at least, at least try that together. So go be Jesus, and then give2015 and then at solacechurch. Those are the things I put. Feel free to use up all the other char- characters that you can use up, all right? Whatever you want to put. Okay, so... What does this phrase mean? What is is go be Jesus at its core? Where where did that come from? The passage of scripture in 1 John that I think speaks powerfully to why we do what we're doing today. And let me just give you a word of warning that 1 John may be, may be the most offensive book in all the New Testament. Um, John... He, he's you know, only second to Paul in the number of books that made it into the canon of scripture. I mean, he has, he has five books. It's John and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Revelation. He is, a, he is a very, very potent, powerful writer. He writes this letter, this epistle, to believers. And he's, he's trying to help them understand that following Christ is not just about sayings and phrases. It's about something more than that. When you read 1 John, and I've read it many, many times. As a matter of fact, when I took Greek in college, this was the book I translated first. It was 1 John. First time doing Greek, this is the book I've, I've, I landed in. As you look at the book of John, inevitably, as you read it, you will be offended. I just want to just give you that, that word of God. I cannot read the book without be, feeling offended and questioning my Christianity. Every single time I read it, I'm like, am I saved? I'm not even sure that I'm saved. It's that powerful. And I love that John doesn't even really care if you like that or not. He's not like it's up for debate. You know, I'm going to soften the edges. He just says it. So this morning, if you're offended, join the crowd. I've been offended all this week as I've studied this, all right? So it's powerful. Carry some weight. What does he say? Where does go be Jesus come from? It comes from 1 John chapter 2. This is what John says, we know that we have come to know him, that is Jesus, if we obey his commands. So one of the ways we can know that we know him, that we're in a relationship with him, is when we're obedient to him. Now John's not saying we earn our salvation. John's saying that there is evidence of salvation through obedience, doing what. Scripture calls us to what Jesus calls us to, right? So, verse number four. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. And you would go, <laughs> tell me what you really think, John. I mean, I, mean, just, I mean, don't pull any punches with us, right? What do you really think? Well, what I really think is, if you say you know him and you don't do it, you lie. Oh, okay. And worse than that, there's no truth in terms of who Jesus is in you, <laughs> Okay. John goes on to say in verse number five, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. Another translation say the love of God. Either way, the point is, is that God's perfect love is made manifest, is carried out in the life of someone who, who obeys God. This is how we know we are in him. And John's gonna give us, you know, he's gonna give us, give us a clue. This is how we know we are in him. Verse number six, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Hashtag, go be Jesus. This is how we know. Whoever claims to live in him, calls themselves a Christ follower, must, imperative, walk as Jesus did. John says the one who is a Christ follower goes. They go out. And as they go out into the workplace and into the school and into their home and in the community and around the world on an airplane or on a business trip, as they go out, they act like Jesus. They be, they are, they become, they live out Jesus. Now, John's not saying here that we actually become Jesus. We're not God. We are just representatives of God. That's why Paul says that we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. And so, so we, we're going to live out, go be Jesus. Now, Paul doesn't I mean John doesn't leave us here at just the you know, walk as Jesus did. I mean that would be sufficient because you could just kind of read the gospels and get a picture of Jesus and try to model that. But John doesn't just leave us with that. One of the things John does in this epistle is that he actually gives us some practical application. Because John doesn't want us to want us to be unclear about our responsibility in terms of living out the go be Jesus hashtag. Later on in the letter, John kind of he drills down. He, he takes it from from the theology. This is what we're supposed to do. Or, this is how we're supposed to think. To this is what we're supposed to do. So in John first John chapter three, this is what John goes on to say in verse number sixteen. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So in this verse, John tells us what Jesus did for us. If we're going to walk as Jesus did, then we need to understand what Jesus did for us, which is that he laid down his life. You know, this is Christmas time. I love the decorations, by the way. Great job, staff. Great job, team, for all the decorations. You did incredible. Great, great job. I love, I love, I love this time of year. The reason why we do all this and get all decorated up and sing all these songs is because... (laughs) Because Jesus did something significant. He came and he offered expensive love to us, sacrificial love for us. He came in the midst of our mess and he made the mess right by giving his life. It's an incredible story. It's the most wonderful time. It's right. And it's not the most wonderful time of the year because 94.1 plays Christmas songs the whole time. That's great. That they do. That's not the reason why it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year because we have in Jesus the picture of love. And we celebrate that. And John says that this is the image, the picture. And if we're going to walk as Jesus walked, then it's going to be expensive and uncomfortable. It's going to be costly. It always is. Now, at this point in the letter, John has the entire life and ministry of Jesus to speak about. He could have, at this point in the the, the letter, given us whatever practical application he could have possibly wanted to give us. There are a thousand, maybe 10,000 specific things John could have mentioned here in the text to help us understand what it looks like to lay down our life for our brothers. Could you guess what John chooses to talk about? Here's what he says. Now, here's the example. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? John says, okay, let's see. So Jesus died for us. We should give our lives. Now, how am I going to illustrate this? I know, I know. If you have things to give and you don't give, then, then how can the love of God be in you? It's a powerful thought, isn't it? I love what John goes on to say because he really brings it to a head. He really clarifies this whole idea of living out life like Jesus. Go be Jesus. First number 19, this is what he says. Or 18, excuse me. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with, and let's just say it together, action. And in truth. John says it's not enough to say I'm a Christ follower, I love Jesus. It's not enough in terms of following Christ to say it but never do it. And so John says that the, that the evidence of the love of Christ in us is when there's material possessions that we have and we're willing to share with others, to be generous with others. That's, that's the point of the passage of Scripture. Powerful, powerful uh, application, powerful truth for us today. And so I want to think about this for just a couple of minutes. Because it's so clear in Scripture. And if you're offended right now, man, that's totally okay with me. I was too when I read it. And so so we're on the same page with just being offended. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And so we already talked about the application. We're going to give in just a moment. But let me tell you a couple of things maybe you haven't considered, especially if you're new. This give thing has really, really been been an amazing thing for Solace Church. Uh, You saw in the video, right? Uh, This will be our sixth year so, 2010. This was that was the first year we did it, and if you if you haven't been with us that long, you need to know that it was total by kind of accident that we fell in to give in the first place. You need to know that. Um, the first year we that 2010 is when we started our capital campaign to raise money to move to this to what would become this campus. We didn't know that then, but we we started our capital campaign, and people pledged like a, almost a million dollars. Uh, for us to be able to move. That's huge, Solace Church. And so it was in that calendar year, think about this, in that calendar year that I really had a sense that God was asking me to speak about giving and generosity on the first Sunday in December. And I had this sense, if I speak about this and this generosity thing, people are already being generous in giving, they're going to think, oh, great, the church needs more money, right? Because how many of you know this? And some of you stopped going to church at some point along the way, because that church always talked about money. Some of you, that's your story. And you came back today, maybe for the first time, or maybe you thought this church was different. And maybe you're thinking, here we go again, right? I felt that in 2010. And so I was thinking, God, what are we going to do? How are we going to help our church understand this is not about just needing more money? And so I came up with this idea brilliant pastor that I am. I said, certainly it was from Jesus, no doubt. Why don't we just give it away? So behind closed doors in our staff meeting, I said, hey guys, I think this is what we should do. Let's talk about generosity. Let's don't let the church know. But at the end of the message, I'm going to tell them so that you don't think this is about some great need we have internally in our church. like paying the light bills, a lot of lights, none of that. This is not about that. The, the, this, is about, this is about just living out the gospel. And so at the end, of, I said, we're going to do this. At the end of the message, we're going to tell them we're going to give it all away. And so that was the first year. Now, hear me. We took up 15000 that first year. And please know this. We weren't taking up on a weekly basis anywhere close to $15,000 a week. And it was highly stressful for me for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, it was highly stressful because, first of all, I didn't know how our church would respond to that message in the first place. And the fact that they gave 15000 was incredible. But the second, uh, the second... Uh, overwhelming sense that I had was, oh my gosh, did our church give everything they could possibly give and we'll take nothing up the rest of the month? (laughs) Is this it? (laughs) Because that was a whole month's income at that point, right? I was freaked out about doing that. But the church stepped up and all that next month, uh, in December, that whole month, you guys were continually, you were just incredibly generous that whole rest of that month. The next year, we took up 30, and the same feelings as well. What's the church going to do? How are they going to respond? And you doubled it, and and then, you know, I felt the same way. Oh, my gosh, that's all of it. And then you did it again. I mean, it's incredible to see your generosity through that. And that's been the case every year from 30 to 60 and 60 to 89 and 89 to $117,000. Every single time, I just simply think, oh, my gosh. But you know, you know this. It can't be about just celebrating an amount. It can't be. That's the only reason we're doing this. It seems so shallow, doesn't it? This last week, I was riding home from from, uh, my parents' house. We had eaten lunch after church, and I was riding home with Grady, just me and Grady in the car, in the truck. And out of the blue, he looked at me, or he said from the backseat, he said, Dad, um, is there anything I can do around the house? And I said... Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, he said, uh, "I I really want to be able to give to that 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 give offering you're doing." It's like, okay. I said, "Well, well, sure, son." I said, uh, "Listen, there's limbs to be picked up." Uh, out in the yard, and the, your room needs to be cleaned upstairs. And, and I think I may, maybe mentioned a couple other things as well. And, and so as he was processing that, he, he came back and he said, Well, Dad, I don't, I don't think the limbs are going to work. I don't want to pick up the limbs. <laughs> he said, They're too heavy. I'm not going to pick those up. So I thought, Okay, okay, we'll, talk, we'll think about some other things you can do. I said, Well, son, how, how much are you thinking about giving? And I said, Do you think about, about $20? And he said, I was thinking 100 You know where that money's coming from. (laughs) He's not generating that himself, (laughs) right? It's really powerful. I was proud of him. Zach, our kids pastor, was telling our students, uh, our kids, the importance of being a part of this as well, right? That's really cool. I'm proud of Zach. Kudos for him for doing that. And now here's confession time. Okay, here's what I thought in my mind. God, God, thank you for giving me an illustration for this coming Sunday. Okay, because that's how pastors think. Everything has to be an illustration. That's just how, you, how we're wired. Okay, and here's what I felt like God said. Your son is not an object lesson. And after choking back a tear or two in that moment, well, I think what God was saying to me, because he just reiterated this to me, is I'm doing a work in him. And if it so happens to be able to be used for some greater purpose, good. But I'm doing a work in your son. And that was huge. And um, like I'm doing right now, I didn't think I would do this, but as I was doing right now, I cried and I repented again. That's like two weeks in a row I had to do that. Thanksgiving, now Christmas, I'm blowing it. And I really had a sense that that's what give is about. It's about the difference that it makes in the lives of those that we go and be Jesus to and the difference it makes in us when we live out the gospel. And so that's why we do it. And so here's what I, here's what I want us to do. Um, I don't know how to make this part non-awkward, and so I'm just going to make it awkward. I don't know how to do it other than just simply to say, whatever you came today and you were ready to give or willing to give... I'm going to ask you to do this. I want you just to take it out, okay? So for, for those of you who are 50 plus, you can get the cash or check. That's perfectly fine. All right, go ahead. No one will think that's awkward. For the teenager, young adult, whatever, 30-year-old, if, you if it's on credit card that you're going to give, that's great. Just get your wallet out or something. Get some representation of what you're going to do, okay? Now, look, I'm not pressuring anyone in the room. It's not about manipulation or compulsion. I just want you to just do this for a moment, okay? So here's what I want us to do. As you're doing that, if you've got it, just bow your heads for just a moment. I just want us to just focus in on this reality. I think sometimes in the midst of the, the, the craziness of the world that we live in, that we can go through a day like this, hear a message like this, maybe feel like we need to give, But I I think it's possible that we might just rush through this moment like we do most moments in life and we miss the gravity of what we're about to do. And I don't want you to miss it. Church, we are living out the gospel right now. If anyone has material possessions and they see someone in need, that's the call. It's not saying, we wish you well. We hope things turn out better for you. It's going and impacting their life much like Jesus did. And so this morning, as as we consider this gift, as we consider being generous, my prayer is that, that for everyone in the room and even those watching online that, that in this moment that we would have a sense of what we're, what we're doing in partnership with God. Hey, this is Pastor Matt Blair. Thank you so much for taking time to check out our podcast today at solacechurch.com. You know, we realize that it's possible as you listen to this message today that God may have spoken to your heart about something. So if you made any kind of spiritual decision, we would love to know about that. You can email us at infosolacechurch.com at and let us know what happened in your life today. Once again, thank you so much for taking time to check out this podcast.